loan officers. Join the mortgage calculator as an MLO for unlimited mortgage leads and up to 250 BPS compensation. Let's see. All right. It looks like we are good to go so we can get started here. We'll go ahead and take the chat off the screen and get it going. So welcome, everyone. My name is Kyle Hershey. I am the COO of the Mortgage Calculator, joined here by our president, Nick Hershey, and our sales manager, Jose Gonzalez. This is going to be another episode of our loan officer training series. What we are going to do today is go through the topic of second mortgages and he loans. So we've talked about a little bit about this in the past, but today we're going to do a deep dive into this topic. So I'm going to let our sales manager, Jose, 27 years of experience in the business, go ahead and take it away here. Uh, I guess first, let's talk about what are second mortgages and he loans, and we'll go from there. Oh, I think you're uh, muted there, Jose. Uh, you're you're still muted, Jose. Yes, I'm sorry. I just there lost my uh, my item here that I was uh, sharing a minute. So if you give me a second, I will bring it back up. All right. Sorry about that. Little too much clicking went on there. All right. So uh, let's get into our topic now. Very, uh, very uh, popular topic now. Second mortgages, he loans, also known as home equity loans. Um, now, tomorrow's lesson in the sales training is when we're going to go into, you know, when you would use it. We're going to get into the rates and all that. We're going to expand on what we're talking about today. But today we're going to get into the nuts and bolts of what exactly is a he loan, uh, second mortgages, what they are and what they are not. Okay. So uh, a he loan is a closed end mortgage as opposed to a second uh, to a HELOC, which is a home equity line of credit, which is an open-ended mortgage. So again, when you're looking out there for structuring your deals, it's very important to understand what you're dealing with, right? Because if you talk to uh, some of your account executives out there, some of them are telling me that their current production uh, is like 50% in some cases of these companies, total rev, uh, loan production as wholesalers or as investors is coming from second mortgages. And a lot of it is now coming from closed and second mortgages, right? Now, what is the difference? What do we mean by closed and second mortgage? And what do we mean by an open and second mortgage? Well, an open and a second mortgage, like a home equity line of credit, um, has uh, you could say it's a variable amortization in terms of you you pay interest on what you owe, right? It's usually going to be then a variable rate. Uh, it's hard to plan with that. So a he loan, a closed and second mortgage, is like a like a regular first mortgage except it's in second position. 
right? So it is closed end, meaning it has a, a set amortization, right? And it, and it's going to follow a set amortization table. And most importantly, for everybody that's going and looking at what's going on with the volatility right now with the short-term rates, uh, which is what is usually the index for a HELOC is usually going to be the short-term rate plus a margin, and your interest rate is going to be the the sum of the index plus the margin. So right now, a lot of these uh, HELOCs are at you know eleven percent, eleven and a half, twelve, depending on the loan to value and the loan usage that you're doing. So you can definitely see that the he loan closed end second mortgage is going to have a, a lower rate. Um, we're having uh, rates on these uh, like nine percent even, you know, which is when you consider first mortgages for some of these programs that we're doing here are, you know, close to 9%. And now here we are on a second mortgage that's at 9%. So that's obviously why it's garnering such attention. So the the he loan can be standalone. Now, uh, standalone uh, in only, you know, in first position or standalone in second position. It does not have to be a combo loan. You do not have to. Now, obviously, it's a second mortgage, right? But you can do it in first position. But, you know, I don't see the reasoning you would do that because typically the reason you're doing the second mortgage is because you do not want to touch that low interest rate first that maybe it's either at a really low rate or maybe it's been there for 10 or 12 or 14 years. You're at a very favorable point of the amortization table. I mean, with each $1,000 payment, you're paying six, $700 in principal, $300 in interest. So, you know, you don't want to touch that gravy train unless you really need a lot more money. You know, like if the second mortgage is only giving you 150 grand, but for whatever reason, doing it as a standalone first, maybe will give you more money Then you do it that way. But be aware of the structure because on these he loans, we can usually go 90 and in some cases we can even go 95 percent. So it's really going to be more than anything else about the rate that you're going to get the blended rate. So keep that in mind when you are also sizing up these deals that, you know, we do have to consider the blended rate, which is, you know, the proportionate interest rate of the first, the proportionate interest rate of the second. And they, they have these really cool blended rate calculators that will let you know, once you pop in the amount, what your actual blended real time interest rate is. So um, some cool little uses, I mean, even though we're getting into tomorrow's lesson a little bit here, but just to give you a little bit of context, uh, when we talk about combo loans that you can combine a first and a second, that's especially useful for our condos uh, without reserves, especially in a problem state like Florida, which has different condo rules in the rest of the country. Condo without reserve, max is 75% LTV. You combine that with a second mortgage and you can go up to 90% CLTV and come in with only 10% down on a primary or second home. 
right? And uh, also in the standalone, uh, the uh, second will always subordinate to the first. So no need to refinance a low rate first. For those of you who may not have been aware of that, you know, that's the big benefit here of doing the second when you don't want to touch that first. But you just have to make sure now, you have to make sure that the first will subordinate because, I mean, in most cases they do. I mean, all of these conventional loans and all that do, but just make sure that there's no issue with their subordinating and remaining in, uh, you know, staying or not subordinating the second, excuse me, got that backwards, the second subordinating to the to the first and that the first will have no problem with a new second coming into the picture. So who qualifies for a he loan, for a second mortgage he loan? Well, U.S. citizens, of course, permanent resident aliens, you know, are full-time residents of the United States with a, also known as a green card, which is your permanent resident alien card, non-permanent resident aliens with U.S. credit. So what is a non-permanent resident alien? We get that question a lot. It seems to be a confusion sometimes between a non-permanent resident alien and, let's say, a foreign national, right? A non-permanent resident alien is somebody working here legally in the United States with an employment authorization card so that they're allowed to, you know, legally work here and they will be filing income taxes here. Their income tax, you know, their tax will be deducted and they are legal for all intents and purposes. They are a legal employee with the same benefits that uh, a permanent resident alien has as it uh, regards uh, financing. Right. So, as it, you know, they can get all the same benefits and loans as long as they have the U.S. credit and then obviously can meet the different income requirements that would be uh, following the guidelines. Now, real important to note here, non-occupant co-borrowers not allowed. Be on the lookout for that. Now, scour the guidelines. We do have many options, but in all the ones that I have looked at, non-occupant co-borrowers are not, al not allowed. And here's the big one, especially for us, that we like to deal with all of these investors that like to have all of these entities and stuff, right? Well, entity vesting is not allowed. That means no LLC vesting that means no corporate vesting either s corp or c corp <clears throat> that means no limited partnerships either so investment properties are allowed as you will see shortly but please do not confuse that with uh entity vesting right so you can follow up to see if they allow it after the closing, but if they don't allow it in the closing, I think that's not something that they're going to allow you to get into. So be aware uh, and let um, your borrowers know that they could risk a due on sale clause if they do any unauthorized deed changes on any of their loans. So what are some of the credit and asset 
requirements here. Now, mind you, we have multiple Helon options. This is not just one source that I'm giving you different credit and asset requirements. So this is something where I'm giving you options so that you're aware what's out there, but they these are not all necessarily for the same option. These are just different um, highlights that I'm showing here. And if it's something that's universal, I will let you know. So we're looking at credit scores as low as 640. Okay, that doesn't mean that, again, what I just said, that every single option is going to be 640, but we do have options as low as 640, um, which happens to be have good. He, that that particular option that goes as low as 640 has uh, the rates as low as nine and a quarter on the helo, but not at a 640 credit score, of course. Um, this, uh, this particular option that only asks for 640 also only requires one trade line reporting for 12 months but that one trade line needs to have activity in the last six months now they do require fico scores if you only have two they're going to use the lower of the two if you have three they're going to use a middle score but then this is the least restrictive trade line requirement of all the options that we have and 640 is the lowest credit score as well so keep in mind some do require three trade lines with at least two three trade lines in the last uh, 12 months with activity. And if they don't have three, if they only have two, they have to have, be, uh, have activity in the last 12 months, but be 24 months seasoning. Now, talking about seasoning, how ironic, seasoning on title. Very important because this is a cash out, basically what you're doing here, right? They call it a home equity loan, a helo, because it sounds cool. You're tapping into your home's equity. But we would normally call that, if it's a first mortgage, a cash-out refi. And cash-outs are usually going to have seasoning requirements on title. And in this case, all of the ones that I have looked at require at least six months seasoning to use the appraised value. Some of the options... If you have less than six months seasoning, won't even do the loan. Others uh, will require, if it's less than six months seasoning, will require the value to be used at the last transfer. Right. So let's, really, let's add the one too about listed for sale, Jose. We just ran into that one. Well, that's, that's, <laughs> that's on the next page. That's on the oh, next okay. page. <laughs> All right. But, but uh, yeah, we're going to be talking about that. That that would be under the ineligible property types. I'm on the, you're 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 skipping a slide. Um, so we're, we've been okay. Seasoning six months. Remember, so that's the magic number here, six months. But be on the lookout that when you are going, you know, sizing up your deal, it could be six, less than six months means no deal. Or less than six months could mean they're going to use the last value at the last transfer. So if they just bought it three months ago for $280,000, that's the value they're going to use unless you have at least six months seasoning. Asset verification is usually not a requirement on these because if it is a combo loan, um, the guidelines for asset verification are going to defer to the first mortgage, as do most of the requirements in, in these things. But but the HELOC, the HELON itself... 
uh, will not have any asset verification. So no need to be worrying about, you know, bank statements to be uploaded for asset verification purposes. Now, 48 months seasoning on credit events. Yes, you know, it's second position there. There's a lot more risk involved there. <clears throat> so they're going to make sure that you're good for it. It's credit events, we're talking foreclosures, uh, short sales, stuff like that, right? Uh, BKs, I think it's a little bit more, uh, but this is we're talking about on everything other than BK. Now, here's another really important one that can catch you off guard. That's why when you're sizing up the deal, you know, my trainees always talk about don't just look at the credit scores, dive into the credit report, you know, review the payment history on the accounts, especially the housing account review, pay, um, charge-offs and collections, because they do put that here. I didn't add that category, but they do have restrictions on if you had a charge-off and collection. Zero times 30 in the last 12 months on all mortgages. Um, also be on the lookout. Some uh, allow you, and this happens to be the one that also only requires a 640 credit score, Allows uh, only requires the use of the Experian 8, version 8. So that's really good to know here because if your bar has three scores, right? But the Experian one, you know, is better than the others. You're 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 in luck because that's the only one that this particular, you know, one of the options that we have, the one that has a 640 requirement, only requires the Experian version eight, not the not the trimer. So be aware of that. That could really save your deal. So now this is referring to uh, what Nick was talking about here is uh, eligible and ineligible properties, right? So obviously single families are acceptable. PUD, now what is a PUD? A PUD is a planned urban development that is like, for example, a house, a single family detached, or it could be an attached home, single family which are also referred to as townhomes. Typically, townhomes or single-family homes that are an association, HOAs will be PUDs. You know, there's an HOA fee on those. Um, warrantable condos, meaning condos that conform to Fannie Mae's condo requirements. So you got to really be aware of what we're talking about there. We're talking about stuff like reserve requirements, uh, maximum uh, delinquencies in an association, uh, maximum uh, percentage of renters compared to owners in association, litigation, you know, um, reserves, budget reserves. These are all things that you have to look at that makes a condo warrantable. If it's not warrantable, you're out of gas. Uh, two to four units. Now, the two to four unit is not for all of our options, but we do have an option that does allow, well, we have multiple options that allow two units, but we do have a couple options that allow up to four units. Amazing for our non-owner occupied and owner occupied properties. Uh, this is something that has been coming along more, and this is for the HELOs, uh, not for the HELOCs, you see. So another benefit to the HELOs as opposed to HELOC, because you got to see the HELOC being a variable rate and all that, those components actually makes it a higher risk loan 
for the investor that's lending out the money. That's why the rate's a little higher, and that's why they tighten up the the screws on property types, uh, but on the helo, you know, a little bit more forgiving here. Modular homes. Now, keep in mind, a modular home is not a manufactured home, even though they sound like they could be the same thing, because a modular home is basically a home that is parts of it are pre-built at a factory. And then those individual components that could be, you know, pre-wired, pre-plumbing, pre-everything with slots where everything just connects together at site. So they may bring the individual panels and then build it at, on the site. And it could look like a perfectly normal home, you know, whatever that may be, right? But it's not going to be like a super unique property. That's the issue where you have issues with modular homes is when they are too unique, like a, a dome or some other kind of weird looking home that, you know, if they have to foreclose on it, they may have a real tough time moving it because it was a very specific and particular taste. But that's not a modular home. Modular homes are acceptable. Be aware, uh, oh, but be aware of declining markets because in some parts of the country we are having declining markets adjustments made and, and a lot of the outlets are starting to list which are these markets. Declining markets are subject to loan-to-value adjustments and limitations and other restrictions. And what Nick was mentioning is if your property is listed for sale or has been list, listed for sale, usually you're going to need to be canceled, have that listing canceled for at least six months, right? So you got to have at least six months off of the listing so that it can, so you can then reapply when it has been six months. And that would be an ineligible property, a property six months on listing. And, and some other ineligible properties of the ones that are real popular for us, manufactured homes, are not eligible. Condo hotels or condo hotels, as they like to refer to them as. I already mentioned warrant, non-warrantable condos and mixed-use properties, and in general, commercial properties as well. I have mixed-use here because it could be a residential mixed-use, but you know, I didn't put commercial here because this, this program is basically for residential lending. So no manufactured homes, which again are not modular home. A manufactured home, a lot of people incorrectly refer to them as mobile homes because a, manu a manufactured home could have started its life out as a mobile home. And then it gets brought on to the site, usually in two pieces. Each piece has a decal. And then when it's affixed permanently via a foundation to a land that is deeded to the owner, then the manufactured home is then attached to that folio and then becomes a piece of real estate, not a mobile home versus the mobile home that is not uh, attached to any uh, folio permanently. Uh, it is just basically a, a trailer, you know, has wheels still on it and all that stuff. So manufactured homes started their life out as a mobile home, but as soon as they get land, they become a manufactured home. But nevertheless, unfortunately, they are not applicable for this program. So now that we've um, set who 
is, uh, I mean, the property types. Now, what are the income types? Excuse me. What are the income types that are acceptable? And this is the mind blower for the he loan. And this is where tomorrow we will be expanding on different strategies to allow you here to further expand on the opportunities here. But just I'm wetting your appetite here by letting you know you you can do, obviously, self-employed or salary already. That's the easy one. But then you got bank statement option, 24-month P&L option, 1099 option with only a 10% expense factor. That's great for the realtors. And asset depletion. So these are all of the non-QM uh, income types that we have come to know and love, uh, especially bank statement option, which is the um, most popular non-QM option right now, our bank statements for self-employed. Um, it's ironic. I was uh, watching uh, this analysis where they're talking about the market and how the market uh, is still absorbing. You know, there's no excess inventory, even though We've had a year plus of, you know, rising interest rates and everything, how we're still dealing with tight inventory situations here, right? So there, there's uh, – and, and the reason on that is because people – and the commentator basically was talking about and, – and her analysis was very astute, and she was talking about how the borrowers have really wanted uh, to do the deal, have managed to go – and seek alternative methods, which we all know of, and the most popular of those methods now being 12 or 24 month bank statements. So, I, I the last number I think it was like around 60 percent of the non-QM production uh, was not was bank statement related, both primary, second home, and investment. So, really good options there. Really good, uh, you know, varied income types. So, it's not just you know, your HELOCs, you know, that people would get used to going to a credit union, you know, or some bank in the corner and they get a, a home equity line of credit. Now we, you know, we're really opening up uh, the opportunities here on what can be done to a lot more than just full docs. So plenty of opportunities here to, um, you know, join the, uh, act, you know, all of the action that's going on with second mortgages and, and don't miss out. All right. That was great. And I love the fact that we're going to go deeper in depth uh, into it tomorrow on the sales training as well. So every Tuesday we do this training and then on Wednesdays we do the sales training. So Jose is going to follow up tomorrow with the sales training. I don't see any questions there in the chat. So I think we can go ahead and wrap it up. But if you do have any questions, go ahead and drop them in there real quick. Uh, as I said, we do this at 7 p.m. Eastern time every Tuesday. And then we also have our daily mortgage rates live uh, every weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern, where we go through the live rates and we also do a deep dive into a different subject. But tomorrow, Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern, we will go ahead and get into the second part of this on the sales training. So thank you everyone for tuning in. Thank you, Jose. That was great. Thank you, Nick. And we will see everyone tomorrow, Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern time. Everybody have a great night. Thanks. Thank you, everybody. 
Loan officers, join the mortgage calculator as an MLO for unlimited mortgage leads and up to 250 BPS compensation.